Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Vivian, and before we get into this week's Be The Light Academy episode, which is going to be a lighting it up edition with my best friend Tom, um, he does have a song cover that he wants to share with you guys. I'm so excited for you guys to meet him, but one thing that you have to know about Tom is he is such a good singer, and he recently did a Panic at the Disco Dying in LA cover with his friend Kuyana, and it's so good, and I have it for you guys, and I'm going to let you guys listen to it before we get into this week's episode. And then you get to meet Tom, and you'll see why he's so cool and awesome and everything. So I'm just going to let the song speak for itself, you guys, and I'll see you back at the podcast. Bye. going on guys welcome back to the be the light academy Academy podcast Podcast. (laughs) with your favorite tommy boy tommy Uh, boy (laughs) i'm here with a very special guest today vivian vivian but as known as but as known as Maisie. that's the one yes that's the one we are gonna have to use my fake name my real name today Not my fake name. (laughs) My real name because we have a very special guest. His name is Tom. Hi. This is who I mentioned in the last Lighting It Up episode. So we're very excited to have Tom, but we're not going to put him through the pain of my fake name, (laughs) Vivian, because he is not going to get it. He told me before this that he was going to try to say Viv. (laughs) It's not going to happen. It was going to slip out no matter what. Yeah. So my real name is Maisie. Shocker. 
There you go. <gasps> Shocker. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. right? <laughs> These people, though, who listen to my podcast yeah. have known Vivian for, like, right. three years. It'll be it'll be a step for them, for sure. Right? Like, to... hearing Maisie. Get over it right now. Yeah, exactly. Get over <laughs> it. My name is Maisie. It's a nice name. It's a nice name. Yeah, nice I think name. so, too. I need to embrace him more. You do. Honestly. I do. <laughs> so, we have Tom on this podcast episode. We are going to interrogate him. <laughs> Just kidding. Yikes. <laughs> With questions, and a lot of people in my last podcast episode, you can't see my comments, but on Mm -hmm. my Anchor app, there Mm -hmm. were so many people like, oh, you have to bring on Tom. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm flattered. Yes, you should be. (laughs) I think it's because you're a guy. Yeah. To be honest, because I have a lot of women listeners (laughs) and viewers. Okay. The fact that there's a man coming on here is big, <laughs> big. news. <laughs> it's very big news, Tom. It's, it's, a man that sometimes reads tarot, yeah. even bigger. <laughs> even bigger. I'm the full pack. You are the full pack. Yeah, exactly, Tom. So Tom is going to do kind of what Aaron did last time. And by the way, we can do a podcast episode with you and Aaron. Yeah. Too, at that'd, some be, point. that'd be awesome. That would be great. Just the trio that everybody needs. <laughs> but we're going to do what we did with Aaron last time. We're going to just go through questions and He's going to tell us all about himself and his life. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> but give us an intro, Tom. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm 6'3", dashing good looks. Dashing good looks, okay. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm really no, kidding. no, it's true, Tom. <laughs> He's very good looking. He oh, is single. You. I'm single. And ready to mingle. That's not going to happen. You know, right now I'm just living the life of... Quarantine. Vibes, quarantine vibes. Chilling, sitting at home, playing, hanging out. hanging out, going to the gym, getting getting that swole game on. Swole game, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing really much to me, honestly. <laughs> right so, now, honestly. I have a question yes. because this is what they'll want to know. How exactly Ooh. do you know me, Tom? Tell them our secrets. Let's take a let's take a journey to the past. Yeah, um, <laughs> journey to the past. It was about 2015. I just started college, and my mom's like, "You need to." You need to find a job, Mister. Yes. So I said, okay. My friend, uh, my friend was working at uh, was working at Dunham's at the time. Who I remember. Yeah. Before you go further, mm-hmm. this boy I can't remember his name. Gans. Gans. Yes, Gans, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Would not train me for the life of <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, he didn't train me either. He would not train me. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't look me in the eye. Nope. He would just tell me to go on the other cash register. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Yeah. But also, you know, I enjoyed his. Don't give a shit antics. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was, he was, he always was like that. But yeah, he hit me up and he was like, yeah, man, like I'm working at Dunham's. I could probably get you a spot. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, for sure. And, but I think on like one of my first days, I walked through the door and I was like, someone smells really good. <laughs> and um, I saw you were at the register. I didn't know, yeah. you know who you were, but obviously as time went on. We got right. to become friends. You figured out I was the one. Figured out good. that Maisie was the one that was smelling very <laughs> nice, which was a was a very pleasing thing to walk into. Yeah, especially there. Yeah, because like I knew that like walking <laughs> through apparel or like even if I didn't see you, yeah, if I got your scent, I was like, oh, Maisie's here. That's awesome. Which sounds kind of weird, but like it's not weird because I was like, that's someone I could like talk to all night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we met at Dunham's five six years ago. Mm-hmm. We've been friends ever since, and it's been awesome. 
Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> That's the story of us. Uh. <laughs> but Tom and me have a cool relationship because also there's a ton of crazy like synchronicities that we have. Yeah, that's like true. with your brother living near my yeah. sister. Weird. They're like a couple streets over. Yeah. I was not anticipating mm-hmm. that when you told me that. I was like, that is weird. Yeah, it is very weird. <laughs> Tom, you're definitely a soul friend. Oh yes, soul friends. <laughs> soul friends for life. Yes. I have a question for you hit me why did you stop reading tarot tom if you have all the time in the world during quarantine it's not like i planned on it just like stop being interested i'm always interested in it i i read my two friends over xbox which was like hard enough i feel like you give someone a reading you have to do it face to face to like see their emotions and their Mm -hmm. reactions and just their facial expressions so doing it over an an xbox live party it's hard enough i don't know it kind of just felt like they didn't believe me in a way i mean they kind of contradicted what i said which, I mean, it makes sense because like, right. you don't know if I'm just right. bidding gobbledygook or, you know. So I guess, that was like the last reading I gave. I guess I stopped because I don't have anyone to read. And I mean, I guess I could pull cards on myself, but like, exactly. it, I think it's definitely more fun to do it on someone. Yeah, it is else. more fun to do with people. There's yeah. definitely people who use tarot more as a tool for like self-reflection, yeah. who don't really use it as a tool to read for others, exactly. which I totally understand. You know, everybody has a different way of using it, mm. but it is more fun, I also feel, to read for people. Yeah, exactly. Other than yourself, because also your bias when it comes to yourself. Yeah, bias, exactly. Like, I can never understand 100% what the cards are are trying to tell me mm-hmm. for myself right because i want to spin it one way yeah. yeah it's like you have this mindset on like what you think is like true and whatnot and then you pull these cards and they might contradict yeah yeah or like you have this mindset so when you look at the cards you go now nah, that can't be right but you right know, so it's very yes back and forth i've done that thing where i'll pull a bad card and mm-hmm. i'll put it back in the deck <laughs> go no not this yeah one. <laughs> where i'll be like i know that that was a yeah. mistake let me reshuffle yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> pull a card and might not get like the vibe of what it's telling me so yeah. like, i feel like then it kind of throws off the whole thing and then it's right. like, well i want to do it again but at the same time it's like is it worth it and yeah it so. and it's true and also yeah. it depends on like who you're reading for yeah because if you're reading for people who are closed, you're usually not going to get good messages. Exactly. And any skeptic is going to be like, oh, well, you want me to be open because then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. But it's actually not right. true because when you're reading energy, you need them to be open anyway. Yeah. Or else their skepticism is just going to get in the way. And then, right. And then you could get a contradicting reading. You mm-hmm. might not get a good reading. Right. You could be actually tapping into what I find, what that person is expecting you to say. Yeah. which is contradictory exactly. to begin with. Yeah. So it's like a whole thing. But Tom, you have to do more tarot I will, I will, I will do more tarot readings. Just the do them for, for me. Sure. Okay. I'll, 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 I can try for sure. Yeah, do them for me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit about Tom. That's yes. how we know each other. We did work together. Mm-hmm. But I do have some questions I want to ask yes. you. Uh, one of them, this is about me. Okay. I want to know what is the most surprising thing about me? In your opinion. Honestly, when I first met you, I was surprised of how nice you were. <laughs> oh, no. Um, when I first met you, you had like RBF, for sure. Resting bitch face, um, yeah. And obviously, as time went on, I was surprised that you did all this. When I heard that you, you're like, oh yeah, I do tarot card readings and I hear voices. And I'm like, <laughs> she's nuts. <laughs> I hear voices? Oh my God, yeah. I was, I was like. Good uh, news, I don't lead with that usually. No, yeah, I know, yeah. But when you told me that, I was like, I was like oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I'm surprised you do do this stuff and Mm -hmm. like how it helps a lot of people it helped me even like you know answers questions and gets your kind of in 
your, your mind in the right spot, positivity and what you have to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was really intrigued when you said that I had the intu- intuition. Intuition, Sorry. yeah. Because like I always love helping people. If yeah. that's like just giving them advice or like mm-hmm. being there for them or whatnot. Right. So no, yeah, I was surprised when you did all this because it's like it's really interesting to hear what you have to say and give your input because mm-hmm. it, it help, me, it helps me mentally strive forward with what I need to work on and my goals and whatnot. Yeah, and that's, honestly, that's kind of what I find surprising about you, too, though. Like, I think that you are naturally a healer, Mm -hmm. and you are naturally intuitive, Mm -hmm. and you are naturally very sensitive to energy, which means that you can read people a lot quicker in situations. It's it's a gift and a curse. It is a gift and a curse. Honestly. Yeah, because there are going to be certain situations that you want to go into Mm -hmm. where you don't want to know anything about anything, anyone, Mm -hmm. whatever, the intentions, but you can feel them right away. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know exactly what they are, you just know the vibe. Yeah. Talk to someone, get to know them, and then know within like a couple weeks, like even through like texting, if something's wrong, I feel it. If right. something's going right, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. So like, it's a gift and a curse because like, I guess I know like what you're feeling, which is fine. But usually, most of the time, it's like a bad thing. Have we ever talked about the empath stuff? I don't think so. Okay, so basically, what you sound like to me, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is true. You'll find a lot of information, especially online, about it. But you do sound like someone who has high levels of empathy. So these people are called empaths, usually. <laughs> a lot of the information, though, that you will find online, to me, is not always the best because okay. it's kind of disempowering in a lot of ways. Like, because people are like, oh, I just feel other people so intensely and I don't know what to do with myself. And I can't go out in public. Yeah, yeah like okay. it's it's like a lot of that. It's weird, but I feel like when you tell me these things that you have high empathy, mm-hmm. you're empathic. So it does to a lot of people who are highly empathic feel like a curse because oh. you're constantly sensitive to yeah. people. I guess nowadays, like people irritate me and whatnot, so I need time to just that's twenty twenty and relax. That's twenty twenty. Twenty twenty done <laughs> fucked with everybody, Tom. Twenty twenty is the year of get the fuck out of my way. It, it it really is. Honestly. I want to psychoanalyze you a little bit. Okay. What's with your ugly duckling complex, Tom? Okay, so girl, get like, into okay, it. What so is this? You need to post a picture of like what I look like Stop. back in the day. No, before you go any further, <laughs> back in the day when me and Tom were younger, there was nothing wrong with you. There was nothing wrong okay, with you. I you know. looked just like every other teenage boy. But, yeah. So, so let me give you the scoop. All right, so grow, so growing up, of course you, I liked girls. I'm like, I'm not saying that, you, but like you like girls, obviously, right? When you're like constantly being told, like, oh no, I like you as a friend, or like, okay. I'm just not interested. When you get told that like all the time, I got into that mentality. I'm like, okay, girls don't find me like attractive, and like blah blah. blah. I mean, girls be like, yeah, you're cute and stuff like that, but like mm-hmm. I knew it was just like a friendly, you know. And right. I saw like all my friends be that like, getting relationships with these girls that are like really cute and whatnot, and I'm like what am I doing wrong? Is it the hair? Is it that I'm not built like them? Is it because I'm not skinny? Kind of stuff like that. So growing up was kind of hard in that sense because like girls never were just interested in me. They like saw me as like a friend and I would give them advice. And Mm -hmm. so like I would, I would be healing them when I didn't know it. But like, I always knew that I was that kind of guy growing up, even like through Dunham's, I get, I got a haircut. I started going to the gym. So I started getting a little, you know, buffer. So I like, self-confidence wise I felt a little better but you know those memories back in the past I'm just like I'm still not that great looking but like nowadays I kind of I guess I'll always think that I'm not good looking right. but, but that's really just from 
the past. Yeah. It's something I will get over. But I'll, I like as time goes on and on, I'll always feel more like sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, "You actually look kind of good today." Like, yeah. So I'm not like always thinking, "Oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm an ugly," <laughs> you know, "I'm ugly duckly over yeah. here." But I've just always had that mentality. Well, and I think like original sin, like have you heard, is like to feel yeah. like guilt and mm-hmm. shame. Exactly. And I think most people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And also, you just have ugly days. Like I oh, woke yeah. up the other day and I was like, "God, I just look terrible." <laughs> Yeah. Where I was like, I can't look at myself. Yeah. I just feel like, damn, mm-hmm. she's busted. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. But Tom is, do not be fooled. There's a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> and he is very buff. He is very attractive. <laughs> He's very buff. He, You are. <laughs> I, I, I go to the gym a lot. Yeah. Like, he goes to the gym a lot. Yeah. He's funny. Total He's tra- smart. Total transformation in my part. Seeing old pictures of myself. It, it blows my mind. If anything, the gyms help, helped me mentally. Because of your ex, it was Well, her. yeah. Like, dating her, I only went to the gym, like, for, like, a couple weeks, and then I stopped for, like, three months, because, like, I was like, I want to be with her, blah, blah, blah. Worst, mm-hmm. worst mistake of my life. If you're in a relationship, go to the fucking gym. If they if they get, if they get, if they get <laughs> mad at you because you're going to the gym, get, you dump them. It's like, yeah. Because when I broke up with her, I went to the gym for two years straight mm-hmm. and didn't miss a day. That's like your time. And just get in that mindset of like, you're better than who they say you are and all that jazz. That's actually a good point though. Yeah. Because a lot of the people who come to me, mm-hmm. they have troubles with exes and like trying to like bring in like a relationship and things like that Mm -hmm. romance love and one of the things that i tell them is you have to make time for you consistently because that is what makes you more attractive in the end Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing whether it's going to the gym or reading writing even just going for a walk like it doesn't matter as long as it's a part of your self-love ritual Mm -hmm. or taking care of you that is so important and even when you get a partner you still have to do that of course because if you get the partner and you just throw and ditch that stuff away which i think we have to learn to not do that but if you get the partner and you do that you can become resentful you Mm. can become bored you can become unhappy your partner could become unhappy Mm. you could have enmeshment where you can't have a life that's individual from your partner so it's so important to do that Mm. but i am guilty of the same thing like i've gotten into relationships where I just drop everything that I do mm-hmm. tarot included yep. this included mm-hmm. one thing that like right now I'm finding because a lot of shifts are happening in my life in a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. new job new relationship whatever I have to find time to like put this stuff in still and I'm struggling a little bit with it yeah, no, you, <laughs> but, yeah you always will yeah but yeah. I want to so that to me is although it's a struggle I'm finding ways to mm-hmm. do it That's still yeah. i.e. podcast with you yeah exactly (laughs) so that was really good tom i like that tell me your thoughts on love from a man's perspective perspective. what is a man's perspective on love in this day and age this day and age it sucks okay (laughs) i'll tell you one thing like what do you think women need to know from a man's perspective about love and dating right now don't be crazy mm-hmm. please sorry that was <laughs> <laughs> no I feel... um i've just had a lot of like craziness when it comes to that the last girl i was talking to I, I talked to her for two months she was very crazy and manipulative blaming it on like past relationships if anything the past relationships yeah if anything it helps me to know like what i need in the future or like what i'm looking for because like you know guys nowadays like oh that girl's gonna have ass they gotta have you know i could i could literally care less about that 
Right. You know, it's it's not about the physical, you know, characteristics about yourself. You just gotta be yourself. And I guess for me, it, it just has to be the nice casual feeling it is and like looking at that person and like and still getting butterflies no matter like I think yeah. that's a good point to bring up because I think one thing that a lot of women do wrong is that they once they get a man who's interested in them yeah. and investing, they do get a little bit clingy, mm-hmm. get a little bit codependent, yeah. want to be a part of the man's every part of oh, his life man, yeah. i i don't know if it's because just how women function and they want to constantly be connecting anyways yeah. like it's just a part of us mm-hmm. you know that's a part of the feminine nature sure. but at the same time it does push a healthy man away exactly. it might bring an unhealthy one closer mm-hmm. like you could find a man who's equally as crazy in his own way and yeah. codependent and like grabby with your time and your energy yeah. but most of the time i find that women will attract in a healthy man and then push him oh, away God, and yeah. then it, so the, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. The amount of times I talk to, like, when girls come to me with, like, oh, my, you know, my boyfriend's doing this, and, like, I'm not sure how to feel, and I'm, like, the amount of times I wanted, like, to just, like, grab this person and, like, shake them and just be, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Like, I'm right here mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, like, especially growing up, girls would always just be with guys that, like, they said would, like, text other girls or do this and that, and I'm, like, then why are you with them? Yeah. It's, like, the whole clinging thing, it's, like, it's not bad to be a little clingy. There, there comes the time when you're, like, it's too much. Personal space, I think, is also, like, a really important part of the whole love. Because mm. I feel like if you do love each other, then you guys can be away or be friends with whoever and still come back together and, like, know that you're mine, I'm yours kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that we have to keep our individual nature. Yes. Because if we don't... Mm. Again, it's just going to lead to craziness, like resentment, doubt, I would even say. Like, to me, that's when partners doubt each other, Mm -hmm. is when there's no individualistic attributes between the two partners. I feel like especially when you do spend, like, Mm -hmm. when you spend, like, every second together, and then the one person breaks off from that, does their own thing, or, like, hangs out with friends, I feel like that's when the doubt comes in, or, like, the jealousy. But yeah, that was was the one mistake I'll never make again. Same. Being with that person, like, 24-7 or every time she's like yeah come over like if i don't want to come over i'm not gonna come over like i want to do my own stuff like i'll come over after maybe but there's got to be like that separation and that's how i feel too Mm -hmm. the one thing that i've done especially being in a new relationship now Mm -hmm. is like implement healthy boundaries there is a power in being like hey i'm doing this today like Mm -hmm. i can't talk or i can't see you or i'm hanging out with so and so or even i have even told this man i just want to watch a movie and relax Mm -hmm today Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that and if you have a partner who pushes you away or punishes you because you do something for yourself it isn't worth it yeah exactly oh my god exactly you gotta have time for yourself that's like the most important thing right if you can't have that then what's the point of being with that person and especially if you're thinking about being with someone long term or making it work long term Mm -hmm. you can't be with someone on top of them for 20 years no it just doesn't work you're, that it, way. You're meant. You're just gonna. Your mental stage is gonna plummet. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not good for you. Not at all. I mean, my ex, who Tom knows <laughs> <laughs> very well. Good old William. <laughs> good old William. But I was with him for five years, and he wanted to be with me all the time, and it just got to a point where I couldn't do that. Yeah. Or he wanted to message me on his schedule, his time, or be with me on his schedule, his time. Yeah. And it was like, well, now I have no time for myself. Exactly. You 
know? And it made me look like a doormat. And this is things, too, that women need to understand. Mm -hmm. If you don't look like you have anything going on in your life, which is a lie because everybody does, but if a man sees that and that man isn't healthy, he is going to take advantage of that and treat you like a doormat. And he will sideline you. That doesn't make him a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person for being in that situation. Mm -hmm. But just psychologically, that dynamic is there. It's like when people start using you as doormat security blanket kind of like that coverage that they need talk to them like communications key mm-hmm. that's like the one thing i hate right. about today's dating age is that the amount of girls that say i love communicating like communication is key and i'm like yeah me too it's definitely the one thing that i didn't do in the past that i need to do now because you got to get your feelings out there you know, right. what's wrong what's going on how can we fix it but when girls say they like communicating but then when i want to communicate with them and they just go pitch dark it's like are you actually kidding me? And that's when I know like, okay, you're not worth the time because you're not putting in that effort. So it's a good thing to have for sure. And too, with the communication, I feel like for people nowadays, it really has gone downhill. People don't want to be vulnerable anymore. Mm -hmm. People also talk in innuendos. There's no more just direct communication. There's no more, I feel this way about you or I feel this way right now. It's always, well, I think I feel, or it's always trying Trying to go around it in a mm-hmm. way where it's making the person guess. Exactly. Being mysterious is not cute. It's not attractive. And I wish that people would realize oh that God, because yeah. you get so much further just being upfront with somebody. Even if that person, like let's say you're talking about telling someone you have feelings for them. Mm -hmm. Even if you tell that person, I have feelings for you and they don't return it, you know where you stand with them. You're not just going to waste time, keep going, trying to get. Or the better side of the coin, which actually happens a lot more, but people don't know because they don't try it, Mm -hmm. is that they tell someone they have feelings for them and it's reciprocated. Somebody has to be the first to communicate it. (laughs) And I think that is something that today people have lost. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's because of social media. Mm -hmm. People just think someone can tell what I'm feeling based on what I'm putting out there, texting, typing, showing through Mm -hmm. pictures, and it just isn't true. So always be direct. I'm happy you brought that up. Tom, you're bringing up such good points. Well, because I've been through, like, I don't want, I've talked to, I don't want to say a lot of girls, but like, because I haven't. You've had your fair share. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's just interesting because each one is different in their own way. Like one can be like really text heavy and like say like all this like mushy gushy stuff. But then in person, she's completely different. Like the last girl I was talking to, like again, mushy gushy with the texting. But then she came over, like I would meet her at the front door, let her in, say, hey, how are you? Wouldn't say a word to me. Wow. I get the cold shoulder and then she goes in my room and, you know, say that she's anxious, like blames anxiety, which I guess I know I understand that I've never had anxiety i've always had like depression and all that so i like i never fully understood anxiety i get the gist of it if you completely ignore me coming into my house and then just going and like sitting in my room and not saying anything it's like are you actually kidding me well and the truth is and people might come at me with pitchforks but the truth is today that anxiety even depression are used to keep people in a victim consciousness oh my god yeah I have a firm narrative where I don't want to be a victim. Mm. I have really bad anxiety to the point where it's crippling. I've talked about it actually in a few of these episodes. It does take over your life, but I would never come in, project that into somebody else's world. And I don't look at myself as a victim to the anxiety. Even when I am a victim to it, I always view it as I'll get past it. I'll be a survivor, Mm -hmm. whatever. And in some instances, that isn't going to be as easy of a case. 
case. Yeah. You know, you can't just have a survivor mindset yeah, right away exactly. or a courageous one. Yeah. But I think a lot of people dating today want their partner to love them for their wounds, which is not healthy. Yeah. I need to love you for your healed self, how exactly. you healed yourself through those wounds. Yeah. And then we can talk about your wounds yeah. because obviously they're still a part of you. But mm. I don't want to love you for them. Yeah. It's just not fair to the no to the person because then like she would say that she's anxious or that anxiety and think that I'm doing this stuff. And it's like, well, how is that fair to like you? Right. It's like you're not if you're if like we're texting about one separate, completely irrelevant things and which is fine during the phone but then you come over ignore me and then just say like oh well i think you're doing this and blah 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 and like i understand you're going through stuff with the whole anxiety thing but don't you can't push that all on me if you're gonna do it every single time like that's a problem yeah and i think that too again just shows that you have high levels of empathy and are like a natural healer whatever we Mm want to call it if somebody's coming to you and dumping what they have wound wise onto you yeah that just shows, like, your energy's good. Oh, I can come and dump it over here. Highly empathic people, too, will just, like, soak it in mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I don't think you do. You have healthy boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have no I, problem I, being, I, like, I'll like it Well, off. I'll, like, I'll take it and, like, I guess I'll analyze it a little bit. I'm right. like, right, well, this doesn't seem right. But, no, I won't soak it in and let it, like, sulk over me. I'm going to receive what they're putting out, and then I'll, you know, reciprocate it back and think, like, this right. is what's wrong. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can leave, kind of. Thing, right. You know? And I feel like that's fair. Yeah. That is the one thing is when we're dating, we're going to attract in a shit ton of wounded partners. Shit ton. A shit ton of wounded partners. It doesn't matter how healed you are at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's still going to happen. Exactly. What shows how healed and healthy you are is can I say no to this person? Even if I do like them and maybe care about them, if I know they're unhealthy for me, I just have to put the boundary up and maybe even distance myself. That's definitely definitely the hardest thing is meeting someone, talking to them, seeing these flaws. And then at the end of the day, you have to think about what's right for you. Yeah, you might look like the bad person when you're, you know, when you go to talk to this this person and you're like, this isn't working out because of this, this and this. They're obviously going to be upset because you guys have connected in some way and you're getting somewhere. But then at the end of the day, you're laying in bed or whatever and you're just like... I'm not happy with this, you know. You got to do what's right for you. If you're if you're not happy, you're not happy. You got to find someone else. You got to do things that impact you in a positive way. Yeah, exactly. And it's better than stringing yourself along or someone oh, else. Yeah, that's not worth it. That is one thing too that I see within a lot of the people I work with is they will just keep around people even if they have deep emotional love with them and a history just keep people around who are not investing, reciprocating, or just projecting and yeah. dumping a bunch of their issues. It's not good. Again, I feel like maybe this is something that particularly women, especially like feminine women, have a lot of trouble with, you know, doing is just saying no to the unhealthy partners, mm-hmm. the people who are dumping or pushing away or being cold and distant. Yeah. And this will be interesting too, because I always am curious with men. Mm -hmm. So men do become detached at some point in a relationship. What does this usually mean? Let's say I'm a woman Mm -hmm. and we'll start with the easy, obvious one, but I'm texting a guy and he becomes detached and I'm still texting him and I'm getting like no response at all or like very little. Yeah. So if that ever happens, you could always talk to the person and see 
what's going on or like where they're at and if they can't give you a straight answer leave if you have to do that much digging to get to a person's mindset or where they're at they're not worth your time if that ever happens i would either talk to the person and be like hey what's going on like i just want to know what's happening with us if they can't give you a straight answer i would i would just leave them yeah and that has to do with the open communication yeah exactly and it can be discouraging (laughs) like and it can be really awful feeling and isolating when that happens and it's happened to all of us. Oh, yeah. Even, even yeah, with men. It happens oh to men, too. It, it also sucks, men and women, mm-hmm. when that happens. Because the first thing that I feel like everyone thinks about is, like, what did I do wrong? Thinking like that after every single time this happens, that's going to take a lot out of you mentally as well. Because then you'll get into that mindset of, like, okay, there actually is something wrong with me. What is it? I'm not going to be happy, blah, blah, blah. When all reality, it's 99% of the time, it's not you. I feel like if it is you, that person would be like, listen, this is why. Right. And I mean, that's rare. I feel like guys nowadays are just like, they're they're not very communicative in that way. And they'll just keep things to themselves. And if they're distant, they'll be distant and then make the girl feel really bad. And then, yeah. you know, it, it sucks to be friends with a girl who's going through that stuff and see them cry. Because then me, I'm like, I want to help you. But like, legitimately, I literally, I don't know what to say. How do I make you feel better? Yeah. So it, just, it, it sucks. It, it genuinely does. Well, and I think it's just a reality of dating. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just something you are like literally going to come into contact with. Oh yeah, you'll go through it 100%. But I like that response. So this is the big one. Let's say they're in a relationship and the guy is starting to get distant. What do you think the thing that they should do is? You just have to talk because like, again, you're going to be in your head thinking about what it could be and all that stuff. But when you're in your head a lot, you're just going to, you're just going to have that mindset no matter what situation you're in. If you're just alone with them, if you're out with friends or whatever, you're going to have the mindset of like, well, obviously something's going on. They're talking to someone, they're cheating on me, blah, blah, blah. It's not, I mean, it's not the way to go. It's, you know, you have to, I think communicating with them, talking to them, sitting, sitting them down, looking them in the face and being like, what's happening? I feel like this, this, and this is going, going wrong. How do you feel about that? And that's what sucks about being in like a relationship for like you and Will for five years. It's like you, five years of your life. Yeah. You're with this person and then they just like aren't, aren't communicative. They're not going to give you their time like they did in the past. They're either going to come out of nowhere, blindside you and just be like, I can't do this anymore, which is always a crappy way to do it. Right. Especially over text. I, I swear, if I get into a relationship for two plus years and they end it over text, yeah. oh, I'll be furious. Well, that's how Will wanted to end it with me. I like, Seriously. Yes. I had him call me. What a bad boy. I know. Well, <laughs> and I wish too, it's good that you said too, the thing about communicating mm-hmm. because at that point in my relationship, I had just started to communicate. It was like I waited, but I knew I was afraid to do it yeah. because I knew, oh, when I communicate, this is the like big test. Mm-hmm. Because if he can't handle it, it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one thing that I was happy about is he did try to break up with me just over text. He did end up calling me because I was like, we need to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and he knew he couldn't do that because yeah. it is, it's five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly. But even if you aren't, even if it's short term, mm-hmm. even just a year, I think you're right. Like just sitting down communicating. Honestly. And also, I think it's okay, like even if you're in a healthy partnership, to check in every so often with your partner exactly. and be like, how are we doing? Exactly. You know, what do we need to work on? You is still there like anything? This? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that open communication is key. Oh my God. 
essentially. But, like, you need to find that person that'll actually have that communication. Yeah. Because in the beginning, they might say that they like communicating, could like, to try to, to try, like, reel you in a little bit to mm-hmm. make you feel a little better. But then when the actual, like, time comes to, like, actually communicate, I guarantee that they probably won't. It's and, the show. And that's what kills everything. And it's true. That is, like, the deal breaker. Mm-hmm. It's the true test. Like, can you communicate? And you would rather have that happen two years into a relationship than 20 years. Exactly. Oh, my God, yeah. That would be fucked. <laughs> oh, I could. I would lose it. And it's so crucial to do, yeah. you know? And, and uh, yeah, I can't even think about it, but it's true. <laughs> like, you just yeah. got to be up front. Exactly. Like, you, we're going to talk about this stuff early yeah. on. Yeah, I was going to say, even, like, early, like, even, like, like a couple months into like seeing each other if you like if you think that this might actually lead to something i would even sit them down then or like just have like a nice yeah. casual conversation be like listen this is how i am this is how it's gotta be if it's not gonna be like this let me know now two months in, oh, yeah that's always like because they're around for yeah. two months and it looks like it's going somewhere mm-hmm. just say it yeah. you know because then if they're not gonna be on the same page as you you have to find something else yeah There's no you know it's so true don't invest don't invest oh do yeah. not invest yeah at that point take a step back evaluate move forward it's true and it and it sounds harsh and bare bones but you will be better in the end it's straight facts yeah Yeah. and the truth is is that and nobody likes to think about it but there is not just one person met for you you may have a very strong connection with one person Mm -hmm. but there is not just one person who can fulfill the role of partner relationship you know you will find a lot of people in life that you connect to and you vibe with and that make you happy 100 percent tom is also a virgo so (laughs) this makes me realize uh, we want to help people oh my god we're highly analytical let me help you yeah exactly (laughs) so tom before you go i want you to tell these people about your music your singing oh just in general tom sings you guys i sing he literally sings i sing song um he does sing song (laughs) um yeah growing up in middle school i was in band for three years all throughout middle school and then in high school i decided to be in choir because growing up me and my brothers would always like sing and i don't think i sounded I didn't sound bad. Like, right. Like, I, could, I could sing. So then I joined, yeah, joined choir in high school. Really liked it. My voice kind of developed. In the beginning, it was good because I naturally had a higher registered voice. I didn't hit puberty until I was like 16. So <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a higher voice for a while. So then junior year, obviously my voice got lower, but I still had that high register. So I was like, ooh, this, you know, this is nice. So I continued choir throughout high school, continued it throughout college, which was a blessing. It, it was just a really nice feeling to develop my voice even further and like and that's the thing i never had a vocal teacher it was mainly just pitch memory that's what helped me a lot especially through band just hearing the notes and then i feel like if i obviously like had like a voice coach or anything like that i'd probably sound 10 times better be where i'm at now without any of that stuff i feel like it's a blessing yeah you sound really good thank you it's it's amazing Um, tom is definitely good (laughs) (laughs) don't play yourself down no i i i I like know that one thing i have going for me is that i have a really good voice you need to get your friend on it yeah because i could honestly post the song oh yeah underneath in the description that would be awesome you should honestly or at the end of this podcast episode maybe yeah yeah i would he wouldn't have no. He wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, finish Just, it. I, yeah, yeah. Also, my sister Aaron, everybody who I've showed it to, I've showed it to a lot of. People. Have you really? Yes. Oh no! I have. They're all like, "Why isn't it finished?" And I'm like, "He's working on it." 
That's awesome. He's working out. Everybody who I've showed it to is like, oh my god, this sounds professional. Yeah, it could be on my playlist. You could post the little bit that we have just to see how how they react. I should. Yeah, I'd be awesome to hear what they have to say. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I could do that. Yeah, that'd be real. I can do that. Shit in Tom. He he won't have a problem with it. Yeah. Ugh, it was so good though. Thank you. One last question. Yeah, it's good. Because we talked about it. What's your favorite memory of me, Tom? Oh, oh yeah, favorite memory. Because <laughs> I want to know what you're going to say. Because you were like, oh, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about, I, I I just think it's a really, like, thinking back on it, I think it's just really funny now. The time we were in Detroit. Oh, yeah. At that restaurant. And um, I was talking to Haley at the time. Yeah. And the waiter dude, for, for some god-awful reason, decided to, like, hit on her, like, that yes. whole night. Yes. And got her number and everything. So I was I was pretty upset. <laughs> Yeah. So, so we're walking down the streets of Detroit, and they Haley was getting wine or something, and uh, me and Maisie and Kendall, yeah, we were all standing outside, and Maisie comes up and she goes, <laughs> she goes, so you're gonna take Haley out another date, right? And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, mm, probably not. <laughs> Tom was like, because I was like, she no. really, she really just took this dude, but it was just funny how you came up, because I think your reaction afterwards was just like, oh, and then you walked away. <laughs> so I was so mad. <laughs> It was like, thinking back, I think it was just a really funny moment. Yeah, Um, that is funny. But I mean, I could name like 20 moments from Dunham's, hanging out with Roland and all the people and... But I think the Detroit one was just my favorite because it's just yeah. a funny thing to think about back in the day. Yeah, that is super funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to take her out, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like uh, we'll see. And then you were just like, oh, they just walked away towards be, Kendall. Yeah. I have to be a good <laughs> no, wing woman, I know, Tom. Yeah. I, no, I understand why you did it. But just like in that situation, I was yeah. just like, that's <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I love it. Well, I always bring it up, but my favorite memory of you is with the Starbucks cups at Dunham's. Oh, and you would with come Nicole. up and yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah. So when when we worked at Dunham's, mm-hmm. if you guys, because some of these people do not live in the United States, Dunham's is like a crappy, shitty sports store. Yeah, where they sell all different kinds of like sports related. I don't know, athletic stuff, yeah. clothes, anything. Yeah. When I worked there, I was the cashier girl. Yep. That's basically all I did. And I would come in like every day with a coffee, a Starbucks coffee. Oh, yeah. And I would be a terrible person without it. So they hated it, I guess. And Tom would come up from the back after talking to our managers mm-hmm. and tell me, hey, you might want to hide that oh, cup. God. You know, they're going to come up and throw it away. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite One, memory yeah. of you. <laughs> I'm going to elaborate on that because from my point of view, it was like, it was perfect. So working at Dunham's and whatnot, I got, I gained the trust of the managers to where like I could just stand in the back and just talk to them. Right. Like in the office. And so, yeah, our managers were back there and the head honcho was like looking at the cams and she, she was like, does Maisie have a coffee cup up there? And I literally leaned down. <laughs> and looked at the camera and I go, no, I think that's like something else. Like I, I saw it up there when I got, came in and she goes, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> so like in the position that I was in, I'm like, I'm not going to like abuse this and like not say anything. Like I'm, I'm going to look out for the people I work for because that's just who I am. Right. So I literally, I did. I walked all the way to the front. And I, was, I was like, hey, Macy, the, you know, whoever saw saw your cup on the cams, you might want to hide it. So I think you just like put it underneath or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> I so I, I got your back, hundred percent. I was looking at those cams. I was just like, nah, it's not it. 
<laughs> that's my favorite though. And then it was like six weeks later. This mm-hmm. is you probably don't even remember this, but I remember you sent me a snap mm-hmm. of a coffee, a Starbucks mug. Yes. Yeah. I walked coffee. in and I walked in and it was still at the front, and I was like, "You forget something?" And yeah. She's like, oh. <laughs> but I was like, "You can take away my freedom, but you can't take away my Starbucks." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And me and Tom were good, goodish workers oh there. God. Like we did what we were supposed to. And as much as we both hate my ex, I feel like he was okay too from time to time. Yeah, he he was just coming up and asking me questions. I was like the only yeah. thing I didn't like. Like I'm, try, I'm trying to do my job and you're asking me about Maisie. It's like, dude, just go talk to her for yourself, man. Like I don't know, I don't know why you're fucking <laughs> me with it. Oh, so uh, how long have you Maisie been talking to? I would have been like, bitch, ten years. <laughs> ten years. We're together actually. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, that would have oh saved me god. five. I, I I wish I did honestly. Like learn <laughs> about all the stuff he did. It's like I might I might as well have been like, yeah, we're actually together. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, dude, fucking back off. Yeah, right. Oh my god, he wouldn't have known what to do with himself. I'm kick your ass, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, this was great. Yes. You need to come back on with Aaron. Yeah. 100%. We need to yeah. do that. The three of us. And. If you give me your song... Yeah, I will send it to you. Check out the description box because Tom's song will be there. Please. Finished or unfinished. Yeah. It is great. I'm not just saying that. It's, it's, it is it's really very good. good. You and your friend made a really good song. Awesome, thank you. We love it. <laughs> Literally, everybody I know loves it. That's awesome. So that's it, you guys. If you want to work with me, I'm not going to give you like the huge spiel that I normally do. Just go to the description box because it's all down there. Mm-hmm. You can head over to my website, BeTheLightAcademy.com. That's where you can find everything. The podcast, my YouTube channels, links to figure out how to contact me. It's all there. My Snapchat. <laughs> Tom's Snapchat will be on there. Send him a snap. <laughs> oh my God. No, so funny. Do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, I won't do that, Tom. I won't do that to you. <laughs> but that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Any yes. last words, Tom? Uh, I wish you all the best in life. We wish you all the best in life. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye.